Okay, so the last few weeks, um, I have been, uh, I'm doing a series um, that is an overview of the whole Bible. So trying to condense everything in. And um, if you haven't been here, if you've missed the last few weeks, I really encourage you to um, go to the church website, coldspringscf.com, go under media, and you can either watch the video or listen to the audio and kind of catch up on the last couple weeks. Um, because especially the the beginning and learning about Genesis um, is really the foundation for everything in the Bible and for our understanding the world around us um, and in our life and who we are in Christ. So um encourage you to, to go back, but I'm going to do just this really brief overview um, to try to catch you up as well. Um, and part of the reason why we're doing, you know, while I'm doing this um, umbrella view is just it ties it all together and it helps like as we go through, you know, as we drop in, you kind of know the context a little bit more and where that all um, fits in. So we... Um, we talked about the Bible that you can divide it up into eight chapters. And um, so we have talked about creation and the patriarchs and um, the escape. And so today we're going to be talking about judges. And um, so we finished um, the Pentateuch which was the first five books of the Bible. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Um, so we finished those. Uh, and uh, in those, we learned um, about creation, about Adam and Eve, about how they didn't trust God and they broke faith with him, decided to go their own way. Sin entered the world. And so God started his rescue plan. He... Um, chose a man named Abraham, and uh, chose to make a nation from him, from his descendants. Um, God uh, promised um, Abraham's descendants their own land, and that all the people on earth would be uh, blessed through them, and uh, which is Jesus. And so... Um, then we talked about, uh, you know, the Israelites all went down to Egypt. Um, they ended up becoming slaves there for about 400 years. God used Moses to deliver the Israelites from Egypt. And, um, and then, uh, while they were out in the, in the desert, God gave them rules to live by in order to set them apart as a holy nation. Um, and we said that, you know, holy means set apart. And God wanted a nation that was set apart just for him. And um, that's uh, why God gave them a lot of rules so that the other nations would know who God was. Because when they saw Israel following those um, those rules and the severe punishments if they didn't follow the rules, the other nations would know what a holy God that they served. So, um, when they came, when they first came to the promised land, the Israelites, um, they didn't trust God. So they didn't go into the promised land and God made them wander in the desert. And, um, so that generation that refused to go in, um, they were out in the desert for 40 years. That generation died off and their children got to go into the promised land. So that's where we're going to pick up today is we're back and on the edge of the promised land. So um, this next group of books that we're going to be talking about um, is called the 
Uh, so we finished the Pentateuch, and now we're going to be talking about the historical books. So these books here, Joshua through Esther, are the historical books. Today we're going to talk about um, Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. And we'll see. Next week, hopefully, I can get through the rest of the historical books so we can keep moving. Um, so uh, the historical books cover about a 1,000 years of Israel's history from approximately 1400 BC to 400 BC. And um, they show us how God relates to his people. Let me see. Oh, I wasn't sure how well you could see this up here, so you can't really, I don't know if you can read it from back there. But um, so we are, um, we're here now, Joshua and going into Canaan. So we're going to be talking about this period of time right here. Um, we've already finished with Moses and we're going to this section here. Um, so Joshua, we're going to talk about the book of Joshua. It's the sixth book of the Bible. There's 24 chapters in Joshua. Joshua can be divided into four parts. Um, so that's how I'm going to talk about it today. Um, the first part is Joshua um, leading the this new generation of Israelites into the promised land. So they're at the Jordan River, and God is giving Joshua a pep talk. Um, and uh, God says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And in that first bit of Joshua, God says this to him, I think three times, um, to be strong and courageous. And, um, and so Joshua, because when Moses died, Joshua was the one to, to lead them and take them on. So God's reminding him that he'll be with them to be strong and courageous. So, um, they are at the Jordan river and God does a miracle for this new generation like he did for the old. Um, like he parted the Red Sea, he stopped up the Jordan River. This picture isn't exactly accurate because he stopped the water about 20 miles upstream, but it gives you gives you the, the view. So um, God stopped the water in the Jordan River, which was at flood stage, about 20 miles upstream. And the children of Israel walked um, across on dry land. Um, and I think God was, you know, he was showing his power to a new generation. He was, you know, they were having to remind them, they were out in the desert for so long, and remind them that he was with them, he would fight the battles for them, be strong and courageous, and watch my power and what I'm going to do before you. So, um, uh, Israel had to uh, fight a lot of battles um, to take the land promised to them. And uh, because the land was already occupied, um, there were people living in this land, mostly Canaanites, but there were a lot of other, um, a lot of other tribes and nations living there as well. And um, so, when Israel went there, they were taking over a land that was already tended, already taken care of. There were already vineyards and um, cities, and you know. Fields were already plowed. Um, you know, everything was already prepared for them in a way. But they had to go and take it. So their first battle was Jericho. And you're probably familiar with that story. Um, or you may be familiar. But God um, told them, 
uh, the way that they were going to take Jericho. And they had to march around the city seven times. And, um, and on the seventh day, you know, they gave a shout and the walls came down and they went in and they took the city. So God was showing them right there how he was going to fight the battle for them. The second, or excuse me, so that was the second part. The third part of the book of Joshua is um, of dividing the land amongst the tribes. So um, there's a whole section about, um, you know, just the tribe of Judah gets this land, the tribe of Dan gets this land, the tribe of Benjamin gets this land. Um, so there's a lot of description and allotment as far as which lands and cities for each tribe. And then the fourth section of Joshua, um, Joshua is old, and he speaks to the people before he dies. Um, God's promise about their land has come true. They've come in and they've taken most of the land. And Joshua reminds them how they are to live for God. And, um, and they renew, the Israelites renew their covenant with God. And, um, Joshua gives them a reminder to, uh, a reminder. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. So several times in this um, passage, in this chapter of Joshua, um, Joshua tells them, you know, don't worship other gods. God alone is the one that you are to worship. Don't turn from him. If you worship him, you'll be blessed. Um, But, you know, there's reminders all throughout. If not then he's going to he's not going to protect you he's not going to fight your battles for you and other nations will be able to come in and um you'll become their their slaves or you'll become their servants they're going to oppress you um but the people were adamant and they said several times no we will serve the lord and um and they did um at this time <laughs> so uh they they uh Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel. So for a time, the Israelites served the Lord and, uh, and they followed, they followed him. And we'll get to the, the next part soon. Um, and that's the end of Joshua. So, um, taking the land, dividing the land and a reminder for this new generation to follow God. So before we move on to judges, um, I just want to talk for a moment about um, a question that people often have about this part of the Bible, about the battles and um, you know why God told them to kill uh, people and to go to war, and people try to... Um, uh, figure that out, you know, how a loving God or how Christians say their God is loving and how he could allow, um, people to, to die and go into battle. So just briefly, I just want to kind of go over that and just give, this is one explanation and it, this explanation makes sense to me. Um, so I'm going to give it to you and you can weigh it and see if it makes sense to you. Um, so the land, you know, whose land is it? If God created the world, um, the whole world, then it's God's land. 
And um, if it's God's land, then he has the right to give land to whoever he wants to give land to. Um, the um, and you know he can take it from one person and give it to another. Romans six twenty three says that the wages of sin is death, and there were a lot of nations that were living in a lot of sin. So when the Egyptians, um, you know, enslaved the Israelites and they were worshiping other gods and um, and things, the Egyptians, you know, they got their wages. They got what they had earned um, with the plagues and, and drowning in the Red Sea. When the Israelites that were disobedient to, um, to God and they worshiped, they, you know, they turned and worshiped other gods and they made idols and their examples, you know, the grounds opened and swallowed some of them up or disease came through, they were getting their wages. They were getting what they deserved for their sin. And um, the people of Canaan who... You know, that was the land promised to the Israelites. Um, they stood against God. They worshiped other gods and they even sacrificed their children to their gods. And, um, they lived in every kind of, um, sin imaginable. And so they got their wages. They got what they had earned. So, um, you know, why haven't we gotten what we have earned? And that's because God loves people. And he launched his rescue plan to save as many people as possible from the death we deserve. And that's what we've been talking about. You know, from when sin entered, God launched his rescue plan to save as many as he could from the death that we deserve. And, um, you know, it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's why Jesus came, because the wages of sin was death. We lived in that sin the same as, you know, them back there. But Christ came, and um, he gave us life. He saved us from that. And that was that's God's whole plan, his whole rescue plan that we're talking about. So the Egyptians, some Israelites, and the people of Canaan and other nations tried to stand in the way of God's plan, thinking they could stop God's Rescue plan is foolishness, and it's kind of like trying to stand in front of a train and stop it with your body, and you're going to get hurt. And so that's just a bit of an explanation. I'm sure there's a lot deeper theological stuff to dive in, but that's just kind of a an explanation of um, why that was happening. Um, there are examples, and we'll talk about Ruth today, of people from other nations who were living um, lives that honored God and, um, you know, and God would spare, uh, people or nations because, because of that. But because the Israelites needed to live holy lives, they needed to be an example and show the other nations who God was. Um, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't have these other nations living amongst them and leading them astray, which leads us to the book of Judges, which is all about Israel being led astray. Um, Judges is the seventh book of the Bible. There's 21 chapters, and it covers about 250 years of Israel's history, from about 1400 B.C. to 1150 B.C. It tells the story of 12 judges that God used to lead and deliver Israel from their enemies. So um, Israel didn't have just one leader after Joshua and those leaders had died. 
And they were to make a choice to follow God. You know, they had promised, yes, we're going to follow God. They knew the rules. Joshua had rewrote down all of the rules and laws from Moses for them. So they had all of those. So they were to keep those words on their lips and their hearts always. And they were supposed to teach their children about what God had done and what his laws were. And in this way, they would be ruled by God. God was to be their king. And when, um, and when they sought God, he would tell them what to do. And uh, we see that in examples throughout Judges, that when they did seek the Lord, he told them what to do. So that's what they were supposed to do. Keep that word on their heart. Seek the Lord um, as far as what they're supposed to do. Before Joshua died, he told them uh, to finish removing or killing the remaining people that lived in their region. And the Israelites didn't do that. Some areas, uh, the... The people that were living there were just too strong for them, um, and they didn't seek the Lord. The Lord had said he'd drive them out ahead of them, but if they're trying to do it in their own strength, they couldn't get them out, or they didn't attempt to. So they didn't finish the job, and the other nations that lived among them led Israel astray. So um, Israel would turn away uh, from God, and they'd worship the God the gods of other nations and do detestable things in the sight of the Lord. God will allow other nations to attack and oppress them. And then the Israelites would cry out to God to save them. He would raise up a judge to save them. And um, then the people would praise God. And then they would go back to their wicked ways, um, which were often worse than the way they were before they were saved. And then the cycle would start over again. And that is called the cycle of apostasy. So over and over again, um, I'm sorry, I'm going to give you the definition of apostasy first. Um, apostasy is to walk away from what you believe or to abandon your faith. So um, the cycle of apostasy, you know, the Israelites, they would, you know, they said, we will worship God. And then they started worshiping other idols and then they would be oppressed. God would let other nations come in and oppress them for years. And then when they finally, you know, the Israelites would finally cry out to God. God would raise up one of the judges. He'd raise up a deliverer for them. They would be saved and sometimes immediately would go back to um, worshiping other gods. And it's just a cycle over and over and over again. Sorry, one moment. Um, so these are the 12 judges that God raised up. And this is the order that they're in in the book of Judges. So some of them, the Bible doesn't talk you know, too much about um, just that they, they saved Israel. And some of them they go um, you know, into depth a little bit more. Um, so... There's just, I'll just quickly touch on just a couple. Um, whoops, that was not my laser. Uh, Deborah. So Deborah, um, she was a prophetess and she was leading Israel at the time and people would come to her to, um, for advice and to, dis- to settle disputes. And, um, she, uh, a man came to her asking, um, or no, she called for a man, I think, about them, uh, a certain man, about them, uh, it was time to go up against this nation. 
and um, for them to be free. And he didn't want to go unless she went up with him. And so she went up with him to battle. And uh, they were freed from this other nation that was oppressing them. Um, Gideon is the uh, comes after Deborah. And you may have heard the story of Gideon before. Um, Gideon, uh, the angel of the Lord came to him and, um, wanted him to save the people from the Midianites that were oppressing them. And, um, Gideon said, he kind of sounded like Moses a lot in this moment, you know, like, who am I to go up? Um, you know, Gideon says, I'm, I'm, the lowest of my clan, that's the lowest in my tribe, and um, who am I, and lays out several tests for the Lord um, to test if it's truly time, and he ends up, um, he does follow the Lord, and he goes, and he they deliver um, with only 300 men, um, go up against the Midianites, and God confuses the camp, um, and uh, they're delivered uh, from the Midianites. And Gideon's an example of somebody that followed God and even right after their battles said, um, you know, the people wanted to make him king. Be king. Let your 70 sons um, be king as well, you know, uh, reign after you over us. And uh, Gideon said, no, I'm not your king. God is your king. And then Gideon immediately goes and he says, give me all your gold earrings as um, my tribute for this. And he makes a gold ephod, which was, um, for that example, was um, uh, something that was worshipped. And the people immediately worshipped this gold ephod and turned away from God. <laughs> so it's like this. And so they turned away from God and then Tola comes next and, you know, we'll save them. So um, it's just the cycle. But God, God uses imperfect people a lot through this and unexpected people. It's kind of his story throughout the whole Bible. Um, but, you know, by, by using some of these people that, you know, were rejected from their tribes or they were the lowest of the tribes or, um, they were the woman, you know, um, or Samson, um, number 12 there, Samson was the last judge and, um, his mother, um, was barren. They had no children and God said that she would have a son and, and, um, he would deliver him. And so you might be familiar with the story of Samson. He was set apart. Um, he couldn't cut his hair and that is where his strength came from. And he had supernatural, like superhero, um, strength. And, um, he, the Philistines at that time were oppressing Israel and he killed a lot of Philistines and he delivered the Israelites from them. But Samson did not live a good, holy life, um, either. And, uh, but God, but God used him. So, um, judges can really be summed up in the very last verse. In those days, Israel had no king and everyone did as they saw fit. And that's the very last verse in judges. And it really was what happened just, um, but, uh, so Israel's king was supposed to be God. And they were not faithful to him, and this brought hardship and pain. If uh, they were to have a human king, it needed to be someone that would lead them to God. So next we're going to go to Ruth. And God is starting to set things up um, for a human king for the people since they're not following him. So Ruth is, um, Ruth is the eighth book of the Bible. 
It's a short book. It's only four chapters long. And it takes place during the time of Judges. And um, so that time period that we were just talking about, Ruth happens during, the book of Ruth happens during that time. And shows, um, the book of Ruth shows that there's still some people that were faithful to God. So not everybody in Israel was unfaithful to God at that time. There were some people that were still faithful and still trying to follow God and his, his rules, his laws. So um, the story of Ruth, um, the book of Ruth is about a person named Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi. And Naomi and her family uh, lived in the land of Moab. So Moab at one time is a land, you know, a nation that is um, oppressing the Israelites, but this must be a time of peace. Um, so there's a famine in the land in Israel, and Ruth and her husband take their sons, and they go and live in the land of Moab. Their, um, their sons marry two women from there. One of the sons marries Ruth, and um, at that, while they're there, um, Naomi's husband and her two sons die. So Naomi is, it's just Naomi, Ruth, and um, Orpah, the other daughter-in-law. And um, when Naomi hears that the famine is over in Israel, and she has nothing left, you know, there in Moab, um, she decides to go back to Israel, and uh, she tells her daughter-in-laws to stay, stay among your people, you're still young, you can remarry, um, but, uh, and Orpah stays, but Ruth says, um, that uh, Ruth replied and told her, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. So Ruth was ready. She was forsaking her other gods in her nation. She would worship Yahweh God, um, Naomi's God, and wanted to go back with Naomi and, um, you know, be Naomi's family, continue to be Naomi's family. Um, so they go back, and um, there's a man named Boaz, and Boaz is actually a relative of Naomi's um, late husband, and he's kind to Naomi and Ruth. Um, so Boaz is, the Bible refers to him as, he's like a redeemer to them. So um, they call him a kinsman redeemer. Back in that day, you... You know, if um, if your husband died or your sons died, sometimes the closest relative, you know, would be the one to redeem it. So if there was a widow, you know, like the brother of the, the son that had died would marry that widow and in that way have children and carry on the name um, for that family or redeeming land. And so the, the name of that one that died would still be carried on. So um, in that way, um, Boaz was their kinsman redeemer, and he um, he redeems Naomi's family line and restores Naomi with honor among her people because he marries Ruth, and so then um, Naomi uh, has a grandson, um, and um, and. Ruth, um, who is a Moabite woman, is brought into the nation of Israel and is now one of God's people. And um, and uh, Ruth and Boaz are actually the great-grandparents of King David. So Ruth is now in the lineage of Jesus. So right there at the bottom 
um, you know, we had talked about all this descendants of Abraham and stuff, but down here, um, King David, you know, and Jesus is in the line of David. So, um, Boaz was from the tribe of Judah and, um, and yeah, so God brought Ruth into that because she was faithful and she followed him. So that's good news. Not everybody was doing what was wrong in that time. So God is, God is setting things up for a righteous king that was after his heart, which is King David. And that's the end of the book of Ruth. Um, so the, I don't know how to turn that off. Um, so next time we'll continue with the historical books and we'll pick up in first Samuel, um, where the Israelites are crying out for a king and God will give them what they want. And, um, because they're rejecting God as their, as their king. So God will give them what they want and he's preparing for David, a godly king. So we'll pick up uh, on that next time. So this week, just some reflection on, uh, what we've talked about. So this week, um, as you're, thinking about this portion of the Bible that we talked about today and these um, first three books of the historical books. Um, uh, think about, as Joshua asked, um, who will you serve? And we may not see gold idols right in front of us, but there's a lot of things to lead us astray. And, um, you know, so just reflect on that within yourself. Who will I serve? What is leading me astray? You know, is it for me? I can, I can get led astray with my phone. I could spend too much time on my phone and I'm not spending time in the word. You know, I put this innocent Scrabble game on my phone and I noticed this last week, I'm just like, I just want to play this game more and more. Delete, you know, and get it off my phone because it's taking my time and I want to spend time in the word and I want to spend time praying and focusing on the Lord and spending time doing the other things I need to do. So, you know, who will you serve? Um, in Judges, it, it said at the end that everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. And I think we see a lot of that around us. And I think that that can be us as well. You know, are we just doing what's right in our own eyes or are we seeking the Lord? Are we getting in the word? Are we, you know, reading the word? Are we seeking what God's will is? Are we doing what's right in God's eyes? Do we have our eyes fixed on him? So instead of doing things what's right in our own eyes, that our eyes are fixed on God and we're doing what's right in his eyes. And just remembering also that just as Boaz was Naomi and Ruth's redeemer, Jesus Christ is our Redeemer, and He brings us out of bitterness and despair and into His joy and hope. So, just some things to think about this week, and we'll go ahead and we'll pray and then be dismissed. Father, You are good, and we thank You that You are our Redeemer. We thank You for Your love. We thank you for your plan. We thank you that from the beginning and from the fall that you had a plan to redeem people and bring them to you again. We thank you for your constant patience with Israel during that time to bring them through and that the ultimate Redeemer, Jesus, could come from them. And you are holy, Lord, and we love you and we worship you. Help us this week, Holy Spirit, to keep our eyes fixed on you. 
and show us ways that we can show love to those around us. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.